are throwing fans on the ice or their mascot, whatever their mascot's name is. Was it Tommy? Tommy the Hawk? Yeah. I always think of like, I feel like you should be skateboarding, but that's Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I, always think, I always go, isn't that the skateboarder? And then I'm like, no, Callie, that's Tony Hawk. <laughs> pigeon. Make Maddie proud, make Maddie proud. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? Welcome to this week's episode of the For Puxic Podcast. Uh, this week is Central Division Week, so we have all of our Central Division girls. Uh, first up from St. Louis, it's our bisexual disaster, Sammy. <laughs> hey, so my topic of the week to start out with is baseball related. Surprise, surprise. It's me bringing up baseball, not Gabby. But, um, Obviously, being from St. Louis, I'm a Cardinals fan. Cardinals haven't made it to the playoffs in a couple of years, right? So we're very, we're in a wild card spot. We're very close to making it. Every fucking one counts. So yesterday, we went into extra fucking innings, and Tyler O'Neill hit a home hit um had a walk off homer. Great, fantastic. Cards are really excited. Great, fantastic. These these men get so excited they go and tear Tyler O'Neill's shirt off. In the middle of the fucking field. Like, what's even better is I get, like, three alerts from the score and Bleacher Report going, like, hey, Cardinals won in extra innings, Tyler O'Neill homered, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 hooray. Then the next alert I get is they tore his shirt off. The next alert is Gabby tweeting me pics of the the shirt being torn off. And then the third, the third one is Bleacher Report telling me how ripped Tyler O'Neill is. Okay, in my defense, when I sent you the pictures, you had already sent us the text saying you got the alert. And I was like, hey, Sammy, these are the pictures of him with his shirt off. Look how freaking ripped he is. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, it's funny because you sent that and then I get an alert about how ripped he is right after that because like on my phone it was those three alerts in a row because I hadn't I hadn't clicked on any of the articles. I just look at the alerts and deal with it. So, but yeah, it was, it was an entertaining day yesterday. <laughs> but like baseball, you get a lot of like different body types. Cause like baseball has so many different things that like you can be good at. So like hockey, like they're the tools and you want as many tools as possible, but all of those tools kind of require the same body shape. Yeah. Ha- baseball yeah. is so different. And so you get such like a myriad of body shapes. And so when there is a quality fridge boy, <laughs> like Kyle Schwarber or Anthony Rizzo or or O'Neill, I'm gonna talk about it. Yeah, no, it was just funny because I mentioned it to my coworker who's really into baseball, and he's like Tyler O'Neill. Because before I even brought it up, he's like, "Yeah, Tyler O'Neill's ripped. Like that's his thing. It's like he's short, but he's buff." And I'm like, "What? Why do you? Oh, this is a straight white man. I'm like, why do you?" know this about him like i know you're really into baseball but why do you have this association when i tell you that he's ripped his shirt on that like yeah he's known for that i didn't know that and i followed the cardinals but okay look boys know weird shit like like boys like challenge me about like knowledge and i'll like understand some shit but then they talk about things and i'm like how do you notice that like somebody I was in a bar the other day and we were talking about the Phillies and I'm in Philadelphia, but I'm not really a Phillies fan. And somebody was talking about Reese Hoskins eyes. And I was like, really, really? This is what we're talking about. And it's like, 
okay, guys, like you guys have been out of the playoff spot for how long? 10 minutes? Like, this is what we're at? <laughs> well, that's, what, I, that's kind of like, oh, sorry, go Callie. I was just going to say, was it the color of his eyes that was striking? What was it about his eyes? Um, we're talking about puppy dog eyes. And somebody oh. goes, oh, oh. Bruce Hoskins. And I was like, if a girl had said that, she would have been torn apart. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Like, obviously, we talk about Tyler Sagan a lot of this podcast. If I talk about my love for Tyler Sagan or Colton Pareko in public, I get roasted. But a guy is like, oh, Tyler Sagan's hot. Nothing. He's still a sports fan. If I say it, I'm only there for the players. Whatever. I'm not salty about it. Yeah, because we're <laughs> going to go to hockey to be only there for the players. That's the sport we're going to choose for hot players. Yeah, yeah. you can see that <laughs> all the time. And as they give such to good like, social media content. As opposed to, like, international soccer or, like, any other sport where, like, the general man is so much more attractive. <laughs> I know. Our league is, like, Radko Gudis. <laughs> 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 okay. Like <laughs> it's just basic white boys and gremlins. I don't like. Oh, this is this is Seth Jones erasure. I was gonna come back at y'all, but I'm not really attractive to to soccer players. Usually, I'm more attracted to, to hockey players. And then you bring up you bring up Gudis and and Polak, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll just keep quiet. But. <laughs> way more attracted to hockey players i i am but like the ones i like are basic white boys see tyler sagan and colton pareko yeah for me it's more so it's not necessarily like who i like who i'm most attracted to but like if i'm gonna look if i'm gonna look at the roster of like say like one of the international like soccer teams and then i'm gonna look at the roster of a of one of the hockey of one of the nhl teams there's gonna be a lot more attractive motherfuckers on the soccer team, then there's going to be the hockey team. That's true. And if that's oh my god! Really yeah, just because of the type of people who are attract who get into hockey. Like, yes, there are plenty of hockey players I find attractive, both guys and girls. But like, soccer players in general tend to be more attractive. <laughs> that's. I was so proud of myself today because um, Shay is like a Penguins fan. Like, hated the Flyers when we first started this podcast. Was so <laughs> mad that we had so many Flyers fans, and I have worn that girl down. Like. She today unprompted called Claude Giroux hot and then unprompted said that he was the best wing in the league, which I don't necessarily agree with. But she had like her, she had her like facts and figures laid out. I was like, I have won. I, won. <laughs> I have turned a Penguins fan into a Flyers fan. I have won. No, I feel that way. Victories. I feel that way every time I get Sarah to talk about the Blues because she doesn't necessarily hate the Blues in the same way, but, like, the Stars and Blues fans obviously do have a rivalry, and, like, it's more of, like, a petty rivalry, just, like, my petty feelings for the Wild because, like, yeah. I'm fine it's with the Wild, but I'm super petty towards Everybody has petty them. feelings towards the Wild. Nobody yeah. genuinely <laughs> likes the Minnesota Wild. It's different, though, like, when it's in your division. Like, just like, just like my, like, just like, you know, general hate for the Penguins is different from like a Capitals fan or like a, or a Flyers fan hate for the Penguins. Like, yes, everyone feels petty towards the Wild, just like how everyone hates the Blackhawks, but the Blackhawks are the Blues fucking rivals, so it's different. But I digress. Every time Sarah talks about the Blues in a positive way, like, because she's always so salty towards them, whenever she talks about them in a positive way, I feel victorious. But we stayed on this a bit too long. I was about to say, we should introduce other people. <laughs> Uh, from Boston, Massachusetts, but representing Colorado, we have our majorly exhausted government major, Iris. 
Hello. Uh, I would like to bring forth the topic of just the fact that preseason games are so confusing. Because you're like, oh, I shouldn't take this into account because this is by no means the final roster. But then you're like, I have something to go off of for this season and I'm going to cherish it and use it for all it's worth. And then you overthink it and then you're scared and you get it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm I'll just demolish them. It was seven to zero. Do seven. you now have petty feelings towards the Minnesota Wild? I've, I've been had those feelings, but you know, again, uh, no, they're worse. This and division also always has petty feelings uh, towards the Wild. <laughs> forever and always. Uh, but yeah, also, it's Group Hour's debut for preseason, at least. And I was like, yes, this is going to be fine. And then. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> What's really funny is when I was like doing research on the wild and I was going through their news feed, like they were all talking about like the seven zero win, but they were making it sound like it was their first game of the preseason. So I was like, Oh, they won their first game and I looked at their things, it's like, no, it was just the first preseason game they won. They lost the first three. Yep. Oh, <laughs> Stars beat them and we brought all of our babies. We brought all of our babies and we beat up on, on Minnesota the, the game before they beat up on y'all. I think they just wanted to feel good about themselves because they had most of their real roster playing the abs and the abs had just their babies pretty much. Yeah. yeah that's why you can't like take preseason super into account because it's a good like it's a good way to like get like ease like the babies into the roster yeah. and to see who like isn't like crapping their pants freaking out and who yeah. like can be like guided with gentle hands and maybe a shove face first onto the ice <laughs> into yeah. the NHL life. But yeah, it's like stats why like there's a, it like only a, tells so much. Huh? Preseason isn't about getting excited for your team. It's about getting excited for your players. Yeah, so like for true. Flyers fans right now, it's about Misha Vorobiev, who is probably gonna be our three C looks amazing. It's for Carter Hart has a nine five seven save percentage. Like it's about getting excited for your players. It's not about getting excited for your team. Yeah. Kelly, well, you were saying something and then yeah. I interrupted. No, I was just saying it's kind of like an extended tryout for some of for some of the younger people who you don't know if they're going to be um, like NHL ready or if they're going to be in the AHL their entire lives. So it's it's almost more of that than, yeah. than even real games. Yeah. It's also like to ease like those players in because of as a team which te- which la- which last season very much struggled because we had injuries in the preseason that fucked up our season. Um, like, it is a way that we could be like, oh, who's going to step up to the plate when people start getting hurt, too? Mm-hmm. Um, from Dallas, Texas. I like that. I still don't always feel like an adult sometimes, but um, it's then I go and get on our group chat and I don't understand any of the memes. And then I'm like, OK, yeah, I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so actually, my topic to start off this week um, was requested by Becky. Uh, we're going to bring up the one positive note we've heard from uh, out of Ottawa in a little bit. Um, it's kind of on the back of a negative note. Like, they had some really bad um, tornadoes that hit the city uh, the last couple of days. But the team actually uh, put together a, a GoFundMe campaign um, and offered to match the first $25,000 um, raised and they actually already raised like 38000 last time I checked. Um, so a little positive note out of Ottawa, they're doing something right. Uh, they're helping out their community. <laughs> so 
wanted to make sure uh, they got at least a little bit credit before we we beat up on them a little bit later uh, in the podcast. Okay, this is going to sound super ignorant, but I didn't know they got tornadoes that far north. Yeah, it's probably the second, like, weather, you know, it's like when weather bands, like, hit that you get tornadoes, and there's this one, like, right here at the Oklahoma level. There's probably another one somewhere in Canada. Well, yeah, like, I live, like, I live smack dab in Tornado Alley, so, right. like, for me, it's like, you know... It, like, people always give us shit, but it's like, you know, you hear tornado sign, you're just like, eh, okay, whatever. But, like, yeah. you, ver- you just so rarely hear about that kind of weather that far up north. Normally, you just hear about, a, like, not a rogue hurricane, but, like, a bad hurricane or, like, snow. So, to hear about a tornado, I'm just like, oh, I feel like I should have known that. But, you know, I just don't think about tornadoes that far up north because you never hear about it. Normally, if a bad tornado hits, it's honestly half the time it's in fucking Missouri. Like, I think the last bad tornado right. I remember was, like, in Joplin. Or Oklahoma or like Kansas. We're in yeah. that like, we're in that three like spot where it's like we're right dr- smack dab in the tornado alley, which is yeah. at the end of tornado and, season finally. So, yay. And maybe the reason that the damage was so bad in Ottawa is because they're not used to having tornadoes up there. But uh, yeah. Becky was saying that a bunch of the streetlights are still out and police have been telling people, don't go to work tomorrow. You won't, you won't be able to get there. You won't. All the schools are closed. So, dang. Yep. From Philadelphia, um, the only non-centrally person in this podcast. I'm your hostess with the most uh, and apparently producer, Gabby. Um, she gave me that title and I'm just rolling with it. I'll be producer Gabby. That oh, works yeah. for me. Yep, you've been promoted. Yes. Um, I went from host to producer. I feel I still don't get paid. Nobody gets paid. <laughs> True. Um, but it would look good on a resume someday. Someday. As I apply in the veterinary field. Sure. Um, what, what was I talking about? Oh, um, the Philadelphia Flyers are getting a mascot and I have a lot of feelings about it. Do Have they said what it's going to look like? Like what animal it's going to be or what it's going to no, be? No, it's going to be the Philly fanatic, but orange, basically. It's, it's got oh like, no. oh no. It's got like orange fur that, and like it got a lot of confetti. I think it's basically just going to be Melvin from Lehigh. It'll be like Melvin meets the fanatic. Ooh, that's gross. Oh, I've had but, nightmares about the fanatic since childhood. <laughs> like the fanatic is iconic and swoop oh, makes yeah, sense. For sure. It's iconic. It's just it is. It's iconic, at least partially, for being frightening. At least outside of Philadelphia. <laughs> okay, but like, and swoop makes sense. Like all football teams have a mascot. Like cool. Nobody talks about the Sixers mascot, which is a bunny named Hops. That's amazing. I love it. That's cute. <laughs> and then, and then, why did the Flyers need one? Like the Flyers had one in the seventies, I think, and like they got rid of it. And they had one in nineteen ninety six, and they got rid of it because it didn't work. We don't need one. Like, the only two mascots we have are anger and sadness. Like, <laughs> I keep telling you, Gabby, what you need to do is you need to get Nolan Patrick in one of his fucking craziest outfits and then just put him on the ice with the ice girls. He can be the mascot. Well, somebody was like, all it needs to be is a drunk guy from, from Collingsworth or Delco yelling, shoo! Like one of the big flyer personalities, Dan the Flyra fan. Flyra is what we call the Flyers when they suck. Flyra, um, Dan the Flyra fan. Um, it, it's just him because that's all he does. He goes to every game up in the top and like just yells shoot. But um, <laughs> but like we had one though. It was like unofficial. Um, like years ago, 
back in 2010 when they were good. And it was this big chubby guy that they gave season tickets to like for free up at the top and he would dance. And that was like our mascot. And then he lost weight and they made him our in arena host. And it's like, bruh, like we had one and then you got him Nutrisystem. Like, <laughs> you don't need to give us this furry monstros- monstrosity anymore. We don't want it. We don't want a mascot. What we want is league average penalty killing. i just (laughs) a lot of emotions i don't need to get you just need to get out on skates and like just hold up a different sign of what they're doing wrong each game and then that's just your disappointment will be the mascot no that's i made i made an edit on um it's on Redbubble for flyers fans that's literally just sadness and anger from inside out Wearing flyers stuff. Amazing. <laughs> and those are our mascots. That's a good movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> also, oh, I while we're the here, girl like to play hockey. Exactly. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh, all the more reason. This is perfect. Yeah, yeah, on, on topic. <laughs> while I talk about Redbubble, um, I'm gonna plug our store right now. Um, we have a whole bunch of designs up. We've got obviously the Flyers mascot. We've got an Ottawa Senators. We're a team. Um, we've got <laughs> Phil Kessel, same old shit merch. Um, all of the For Puck's Sake podcast merch is coming down um, real quick because uh, when we first started, we paid somebody to make um, a logo for us. And we recently found out that they took the logo from another hockey podcast. So that's all coming down. Um, but new stuff will be up soon, hopefully before the season starts. We can get... Um, our banner and our new logo and everything up and we will have new merch for you but all of that is going to be uh linked on our twitter we are very excited about it please buy stuff and fund us because we are broke but you get cool stuff out of it and it's not just like shirts guys it's like phone cases stickers um uh, mugs travel mugs uh, a whole bunch of shit it's all up there i think there's like 40 products for like design go crazy thank you we're broke Give us money. <laughs> oh, very good. All right. I guess we should start talking about things. Probably. Um, on- about the Central Division, maybe even just, you know. No, that's at the idea. end. We have, a, we have a list of things to go through first. <laughs> oh, we did a podcast ago. four days ago. How is there this much shit to talk about? Oh, it's hockey yeah. season. Well, it's oh, almost yes. hockey season. It's close enough. We're getting close. Hold on. How far into this are we already before we even talk about things? We're 20 minutes in. Let's do this. Okay, we we okay. had a we had a long like digression with like talking of complaining about hotness. You boys. <laughs> First off, the NHL has an official liquor. It's Jägermeister because yeah. when dealing with hockey, you need to forget as quickly as possible. Okay, but also can can we talk about how, like, Jaeger bombs are, like, one of the, like, at least in my experience, they're one of the most stereotypical European white boy, rich white boy drinks there is. Like, yeah. you don't know the amount of times I've, like, I've been with rich European white boys and they buy, like, a shit ton of, a shit ton of booze. It's always Jaeger bombs without fail. And then they have 10 Jaeger bombs and they're passed out in a club. So I think it fits. It does fit. <laughs> but I think this leads to... Do we all need to buy bottles of Jägermeister and have a Jäger cast? <laughs> as long as you don't make me do a Jäger shot or a Jäger bomb, not Jäger shot, a Jäger bomb, we're good. 
But I don't also, drink beer, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Jaegerbaum is like with Red Bull. Oh, I thought it was beer. I don't drink Red Bull either. So no, yeah, you're good. no, what you do is you take a <laughs> bottle, at least in my experience, where I see it, you have like one of those like shot bottles of, um, of Jaegermeister and you put it in like a thing of Red Bull or it's reverse. Either way, it's Red Bull and Jaegermeister is a Jaegerbomb. And it's. I thought the- it was Red Bull. I thought it was Red Bull, Jaegermeister, and a beer. Like, I haven't seen it with a beer. But okay. like, I wouldn't be surprised either. But yeah, no, I fucking hate beer too. It's more so I refuse to drink energy drinks with beer because I don't want to die. Yeah, that too. But maybe not Jaeger. We have, or at least put some sort of alcohol in a Jaegermeister bottle so it looks like we're drinking Jaegermeister. <laughs> I already have Blues Vodka, so I think I'm good. It's just me drinking red wine out of a Jägermeister bottle. <laughs> and because this is a podcast, no one will see it. No one will Great see product it. placement. It's me wine drunk crying about the Flyers 10-game losing streak. We... That they will inevitably go on because our goalies suck. Except Gabby, for you, can just get on, you can just get on our Instagram story and just be doing this and crying. In, in our Instagram story. Instagram okay, we have 29 Instagram followers. Also, follow us on Instagram while we're here. Let's plug it. At For Puck's Sake Podcast. There are only 29 Instagram followers. Alex works hard on it. I think it's Alex. It's <laughs> Alex and Taylor. Alex and Taylor. I don't oh, yeah. know. I handle everything else. They can have the Instagram. I don't know. I just handed it over. Here's the password. Um, but yeah, follow that. At For Puck's Sake Podcast. And maybe we'll do stupid things on it. If more people follow. Great idea. I mean. Include- what were you saying, Cal? Sorry. Oh, sorry. I just said it was a great idea, and I'm in. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, after that, um, Max Domi. Um, you heard in the last podcast those girls have a live reaction to the sucker punch. Um, the suspension came down. It's just for the preseason. Max Domi gets an extended vacation where he probably wasn't going to play anyway. Um, and he just gets to sit until the season opener. And that's some bullshit because apparently the NHL doesn't view preseason games as different from regular season games. They see postseason games as more valuable, but they don't see preseason games as less valuable. So the five game suspension is the same as the five game suspension in season to them. That's some bullshit. I vote we go and we sucker punch Domi himself. We can go. Look, I would, but like, I feel like Max Domi could easily kick my ass just because of who his father is. And See, I, I always fight. say that it doesn't matter if they can beat me in a fight or not. If I can get one good hit in, then that's all, that's all that matters. As proven by Max Domi. Exactly! Wow. Exactly! <laughs> exactly! I'm... I feel like he's also the kind of dude who I punch him and then he'd be like, oh, I can't hit a girl because I'm a punk-ass bitch, oh, even I if I hit him no, first. No! Max Domi would totally hit a girl! What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. It's always weird because sometimes people are like, oh, I can't hit a girl. <laughs> like, there's the. T- I'm just kind of like, I feel like he could be like that unless he was drunk. But I probably shouldn't. Ooh, I probably I feel like that. Max Domi would 100% hit a girl. Yeah. I don't think Max Domi would, like, okay. He would Our instigate. Next topic is Austin Watson, so I'm going to, like, differentiate this. Max Domi would not physically abuse a girlfriend. But I feel like if a girl came up and punched Max Domi, Max Domi's Thai genetics would be like, boom! <laughs> and then he'd be like, oh, shit. Like, I don't <laughs> think he would have that barrier. He'd be like, I can't hit her, she's a girl. I think it would be punch first, and then, oh, Think fuck. later. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's valid. But again, he could want, like, I could punch him, he'd one-hit KO me, and then he might, like, I don't know, he might, like, compensate me for something because he'd feel bad. 
Even if I punch you. Tell me you knocked me out. Can I have Orion? <laughs> oh. I'd like your diabetic dog, please. No, I'm not gonna do that. That's fucked up. Okay, listen. Max Domi's a piece of shit, but we're not gonna take his fucking service dog. I love that dog so much. That dog is why I would okay, I used to buy tickets to go see Arizona when they were here because I wanted to see Orion. But then I realized Orion didn't travel with him and I was just wasting my money on the Arizona coyotes. (laughs) Oh, Uh, I say group, you know, group effort. Like a pack of dolphins can kill a shark. So I feel like I'm not saying killing here. Sorry. We'll be be that fucking pack of otters that fucking fought the alligator in that Snoop Dogg video. That's documentary video. (laughs) (laughs) No, oh my god. Shay was so angry that night, guys. Like Shay was going off. Shay was like searching like airline tickets to Montreal. Like she was ready to fight. Like, I'm pretty, like, Aaron Ekblad can handle that. Aaron Ekblad's, like, a fight, like, he's not a fighter, but Aaron Ekblad can, like, win fights. Yeah. And that's, somebody, uh, who was I talking to the other day? Somebody was like, oh, Max is like, a typical Philly player. I think you guys would love him. Like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I keep bringing you back to the Flyers. But this, this, like, <laughs> made, this, this made me angry with this conversation. I was like, no, no, no. Philadelphia has a code. Wayne Simmons is who we want, like, as a player. Like, Wayne, you don't have to fight, but if you do, you're going to fucking win. Like, Wayne Simmons <laughs> doesn't feel the need to fight everybody. But when he chooses to fight, Wayne Simmons is going to win. That's what Philly wants in our guys. Like, there, there's a code. And if you push me, I'm going to fucking beat you. We especially don't like the Domi family because back when he played for the tournament, on a Maple Leafs, Mac, uh, Ty Domi pulled a fan out of the stands into the penalty box and beat the shit out of him. Amazing. So, we don't like Domi's in general. We do not want Max Domi on our team, whoever I had that conversation with. I forget who. <laughs> uh. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but, okay, so the whole thing about preseason versus regular season games, I totally disagree with, because I don't think Max Domi would have played in more than two preseason games. He wouldn't have. So, he's just not playing in games that he already would not have played in. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if you, like, if they had done, like, we're gonna, we're gonna ban him for, like, they should have had a qualification of, like, he sits out the games you would have played him, and you can't just suddenly say you're gonna play in the rest of the games. Like, that's not... Like, you give him, like, two or three games where he's technically sitting out, just don't have the preseason, and then have, like, two or three games when the season starts. Or, hey, yeah, like you, eight you games. To... Or so that works, not... too. Yeah. So it's the five preseason and three in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah, because then there's no question about no loopholes there. Yeah. But then, but he, yeah. Pitch a, but then he pitched, but then joke. he in Montreal would pitch a bitch fit, and... It'd be a pain in the ass. Like um, Austin Watson's doing, to go on to our next point. Oh, uh, fucking Austin Watson. Austin Watson's an even bigger piece of shit than Max Domi. He uh, beat his girlfriend, planned no contest in Nashville. Um, the NHL finally rem- remembered that they had to like suspend him. They forgot for a while all summer. Um, and they suspended him 27 games, which is not enough. Um, it's one-fourth of the season, not enough. And now Austin Watson is uh, 
he's contesting it. He says that he deserves less for beating the shit out of his girlfriend no contest. Are you fucking kidding me, Austin? And even worse, David Poyle is like, oh, we never even thought about not having Austin as our team. He's part of this family. Really, David Poyle? Because Austin Watson beats his family. He probably wants to get beat by Austin Watson. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but that was the first thing that came to my head. My... <laughs> okay, it's been a long day. I have a head cold. Um, I can't be held accountable for the bullshit that comes out of my fucking mouth. Uh, it works for, it works for the players who say stupid mouth. shit. I think it should work for me. I just how do you how do you plead no contest? And then try and argue that you shouldn't get an already light suspension. Like, Nate Schmidt got 20 games for accidentally taking PEDs, like environmental contamination of PEDs. You're getting seven more games for beating the shit out of your girlfriend. I don't know if it's his girlfriend or his wife, but I'm going to go girlfriend. I hope she left him. It, so the original article said uh, girlfriend, but he's married, so I assume it was his wife. Could be his girlfriend. (laughs) I do remember being confused about that. Who? But yeah, I just think it's just the context. It's not about the number. It's the context. And just like, like, like you brought up Nate Schmidt having like 20 games. And just like, just the fact that that's barely over that for something that was a fully intentional action. is just ridiculous. And, like, look, like, the MLB does not do a lot of things right. They've handled this Addison-Russell situation, which is a very similar situation, um, totally wrong. But the MLB is, hey, if you beat your girlfriend, and I don't think this is, I don't think this is right, but this is better. The MLB goes, if you beat your girlfriend and you are convicted or you plead no contest, it is half a season. Boom. Why is it a quarter of a season barely for the NHL. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Especially because, like, MLB seasons are even longer. Yeah. It's, like, it's not you like... basically get banned for an entire NHL season when you, in the MLB. And, okay, like, honestly, if you do... A, that's, more than a, that's more than a, um, a NHL season because half a season would be, like, 90 games for MLB. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it's more than an NHL season. Yeah. But like honestly, it should be like, hey, you don't do the, you don't play sports anymore. But just like something more than like what it's at. Oh, it's seventy-five games for domestic abuse for the MLB. Thank you, Annie. That's Which still is- an entire NHL season. Like, yeah. Plus like eight, no, not eight, seven. I can't math. Please don't yeah. look at me. Five, <laughs> seventy-five games. Right. It's so it's seven games. extra games to eighty-two. Oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it's just ridiculous. Um, it needs to be It needs to be more. And the whole fact that they're looking at Voinov now and trying to decide if he should come back to the league, like, why is this taking so long? The answer is no, Gary. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought we had answered that earlier this summer, and I was, like, really relieved. And now I'm nervous again. Because you know Montreal or Ottawa will sign him so fucking fast. Like, Unless, like, who has his rights? Is it L.A.? L.A. Yeah. So hopefully the Kings will do the right thing and just not give up his rights. Yeah, but then this summer he can just sign with somebody. 
But Good still, point. that would still wait a little bit at least enough for him people to realize it's a bad fucking idea. I don't but, know how like so- Okay, but here's the thing. When Ottawa when Ottawa gives up loses Jack Hughes to Colorado this summer and they're still sitting in last place, and then they lose Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne and who what's the other one who's coming up? Oh, they already lost Eric Carlson. Um they lose Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne. And they've got nobody except for Brady Kachuk to put this freaking whole franchise on. Slava Voinov doesn't seem so bad. Yeah. I just, for Ottawa, I'm just kind of like, I don't get how these people aren't seen as bigger PR disasters than they are. Like, I'm just like, does the, do the cons not outweigh the pros? Especially with the fact that Ottawa is a walking PR disaster. So is Montreal, for that matter. Is yeah. it one of those things where they already think they're bad enough that, like, you know, one more PR disaster is going to be fine? Like, it's just like, it's it, so crazy. It is... people give anything. Sorry, Callie, you were speaking too quietly. What was that? Uh, I just, I think they think their fans are so crazy loyal that they'll forgive anything. And that's not right. Well, it's astounding to me that, um, like, Fortnite is, like, you can't have Fortnite because that's unprofessional. Or, like, P.K. Subban is traded for character reasons. Alex Galchenyuk is traded for character reasons. Well, Slava Voinov beats his girlfriend. Austin Watson beats his wife. Or Slava Voinov beat his wife, too. And, like, it's forgiven. And I just, I don't understand that. Because, like, hockey's so random in what they find problems with. And, like, how are you telling me that, like, a video game is less offensive to, is more offensive to you than a literal domestic assault? Didn't they make Galchenuk like apologize for getting assaulted by his girlfriend? Yeah, because Devontae yeah. Smith Pelly was at his house, and so it was considered like it, that morning, like Devontae Smith Pelly was there, and he got beat in front of Devontae Smith Pelly, and the news found out about it, and so he was a distraction. They've been trying to trade him ever since. And then Max Domi sucker punches a guy because character. <laughs> What is it? Attitude is everything? Was that? Oh, the oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, somebody needs to get Domi one of those. He no, that's the Montreal one. t-shirt. He has one. He does? <laughs> yeah, those are the t-shirts from, like, training camp, I think. Yeah, or I thought they'd just given them to the rookies. I didn't realize that they'd No, that's their, like, everybody. saying this year. So, like, for, awesome. for our back to the Flyers. The Flyers is, like, raised the bar. Like... The fucking, there's this attitude is everything. Please let that be their hashtag. Oh my god. Please let that be their hashtag. Oh my god. Montreal, make my job running our Twitter so much easier and make that your hashtag. Oh my god. Also, when did Mark Bergevin become the Hulk? I don't think that was Nobody nobody heard that. Okay. I said, what did Mark Bergevin Oh, I heard it. I just did. I was trying to understand the context, so I got Have quiet. you not seen those pictures from Max Pacioretty's golf thing? The no. man is fucking jacked. Like, he did P90X hard this summer. Like, the man is, like, daring anybody to talk bad about him. He's like, GM smash the hopes of Montreal. Like, I don't. He just got ripped. Annie's finding it for me to send in the group chat so you guys can see this. Okay, we'll come yeah, back. Photographic evidence of this. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back to it. We're gonna go on now to uh, Miles Wood made a deal with the Devils, uh, and it's for four years, two point seven five million per year. 
Um, hold on, Annie sent the photos. Oh, okay. He's fucking ginormous. I don't. His bicep is the size of his head. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> they the fact that he hasn't been okay so the thing is the fact he hasn't been like fired yet is giving him too much power and that's why he's getting jacked <laughs> his power is growing and it's physically manifesting and this is bad he's shots, guys so she's got the 2017 one where he's like a normal sized human and then she's got the 2018 one where he like He's just been, like, snorting creatine powder up his nose. Like, <laughs> the reason, don't... he's the environmental... He's the environmental issue that Nate Schmidt was having. He walked near my first event. He shook hands. <laughs> he's the environmental contamination. I, I've solved it. I solved it with my tin fucking hat. Fucking oh genius. It's a national treasure up in this bitch right now. Oh, we are never getting through this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we need to move on. Back to the back to Miles Wood and Paul Byron. Byron, By- Byron, Byron, Byron. Byron. Yes. You Byron, like the youngest Byron. Trump child. Um, I don't know how to say that that boy's name. Actually, I think that's Baron. Never mind. I don't know their name. Yeah, that is the youngest Baron, child, I guess. Um, Miles Wood is four point two four uh, years, two point seven five. Paul Byron, not Baron, is 4. <laughs> 4 times 3.4. I, oh my god, it's 10.13. I was ready to go to bed at 7.30. I texted Sammy. I'm like, good night. And she's like, bitch, we have a podcast. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's just, they're getting RFAs off the books. And these two don't really matter. They don't matter to their teams. They don't matter to us. The important one is where the fuck is William Nylander? Who's going to who's going to make the edit that we made with Colton Pareko when he disappeared off social media for the summer? That's where in the world is Carmen San Diego? But with I will do it. I will stay up all night. I will do it. Where in the no. where in the world is William Melander? Hopefully uh, he's taking a nap. That's what I want to be doing. Apparently he got a haircut. Leave Twitter blew up about that today he got a haircut no more man and i was like cool sign the fucking contract will you yeah anytime he does anything just sign the fucking contract william comments on everything he does i did though i did that and then i was like fuck you're gonna block gabby (laughs) look if jake voracek hasn't blocked me yet william nylander's not that is not a good philosophy to have But, but I'd like to point out um, Paul Byron Bi- I'm gonna keep fucking up his name Byron Byron and Paul Byron I'd like to say that like the alert I got was not that he signed a contract but it's like the Canadians had locked him up and I was really worried <laughs> that they locked him in a basement or something because I would have put it past them and I was I didn't know who the fuck he was I'm just like why is why are they why are they imprisoning this man what did he do Domi's the one who punched I mean, someone. I don't know what's happening. They can't let him out of his cage. He's not doing just fine. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that being in Montreal is kind of like being in prison. True. True. Also, I, I oh my god, Taylor's, Taylor's thirst over Miles Wood. I was so proud of her for not liking a gremlin. But also, she was like, holy shit. And I was like, oh, Taylor. <laughs> 
Uh, um. But does anybody know why? So I looked up the the Byron signing. Does anybody know why they would alternate his salary from year to year? So the AAV is is three point four, but the salary is actually like four million the first year, and then two point eight the second, and then four million the third year, and then two point eight the fourth. Andy texts, "Yes, I know this." Annie, go to prevent any issue with the lockout. That makes okay, sense. So yeah. Thank you for sharing, 2020. Annie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I forgot about the... Yeah. I try to forget that there might be a lockout in 2020. There's not going to be because they're bringing in Seattle, and that would be so bad if oh, they had a lockout true. in Seattle first year. There's not going to be. Gary Bettman um, is going to do everything in his power. Like the, the players go into this with all of the power that year because, like, the last time the the NHL had all the power, this time NHLPA has all the power because they don't want to lock out for Seattle's first year. I just don't think there's going to be a lockout. I just don't understand how we can have, like, what is it, three lockouts, four lockouts in Gary Bettman's tenor? And, and he's, he's in the Hall still, of Fame. And he's in, in the, the Hall of Fame and he still has his job. This is more confusing than Bergevin and fucking Chiarelli still having their jobs. Bettman has a worse record. And I, how can one man single-handedly fuck up the, well, it's not single-handed, but it's pretty fucking close. He's the common denominator. Uh, but I digress. I just, like scheduled, like he makes the CBA worth that amount of time. And like, like he sets to how much time that certain CBA is going to like last. And so when that CPA runs out, you either have a new one set or you have a lockout. And so there was just like a lockout the last two times, but I think that he is so determined because Seattle's going to be coming in and the owners are going to be getting so much money from that that I just don't think that there's going to be a lockout. That's I think valid. that they took it, they took enough away from the players last time that just by giving a little, they're going to get more. Yeah. What? Is, wait. So Annie goes. So in 2020, um, they can the players can opt out. So the the NHL has to make sure that they don't opt out. Yeah, that's what we're at least part of what we're saying though is that like it's Oh, okay. I see what you're oh, they can opt oh, out of the CPA. Okay. okay. Gotcha. I just don't think they will, I think. I think the NHL is gonna do everything that they can to like set it up. Even if they're like, hey, so don't do this in twenty twenty and this is what we'll give you in twenty twenty two. And I just think that they're already talking about this. I, I don't think there's going to be a lockout. It would damage the NHL too much. They'd lose too much money with the. They've already been damaged by like the lock by the like by the 2005 lockout. They barely recovered. It'd be so stupid to regress. Like I can see why it would happen, but like it would be so stupid on the NHL's part to have another lockout because they so irrepair almost. They're they're they should be grateful that it is has not that they have managed to get back to somewhat where they are with their fan bases now that what they lost back in 2004. Yeah. By how badly that lockout damaged the American market for the NHL. Like, I feel like a lot of people our age don't realize it because we were kids then. But, like, I took my stepdad to a game back in November. It was the first game he'd been to since the 2004 lockout, and he had season tickets before. Like, wow. that's how, like, it's one of those things he still is better about the 2004 lockout. Like, it's one of those things I can bear it. Like, he only took me to the game because he's the one who got me the tickets. And I'm like, you're going to fucking go with me. And he's like, okay, I guess. Because we tend to go to sports games together. Like, that's what I'm just like, as someone who, like, went to, like, who had season tickets every single year before. Like, it's just that so irreparably damaged 
the NHL. And, like, they're just lucky that the 2013, 2012, I think it was 2012, um, lockout didn't last the whole year. Yeah. I just, I, I, I just don't think that the NHL has too much to lose to let it happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, I, that's kind of what I was agreeing with. Yeah. Is that, like, it, they'd be stupid to let it happen. Like, I could see why because of the players, but for the NHL themselves. And the players want to play. The players don't want a lockout. Yeah. Like, the players want what they want. They want to go back to the Olympics. Um, I think they want CTE stuff. Um, and I think they want to be able to take longer contract extensions. Um, so, like, um, so I just, like, I don't think that there is going to be enough to fight about that the NHL is going to be like, oh, we can't have hockey and we're going to damage. Like, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, that wasn't our point. <laughs> Um, holy shit, this is the shit show. Um, Is there anything else? Is there anything else to talk about? Um, oh, William Nylander, what do we think is the issue? I just think that he went in with a Leon Dreisaitl kind of number in his head, and Kyle Dubas went in with a David Pasternak kind of number in his head, and they're just playing a game of chicken. I think it's going to come to October 1st, and he'll sign, and it'll be good. I just, um, and he just said what I said, but... Yeah, yeah. I like, just, I think, I think it's hard because I think that honestly, he probably deserves a dry sidle number. But like with the current, like you would like with, they are gonna have to make concessions. At least I know that they do. Us keep saying that he's gonna be able to sign all th- all three of the three headed monster, but that's probably in part because he think he's trying to give him a pasta number along with like other people. So like it is just. I, I agree with you. I'm just, like, saying, like, I do think, I personally think that at least talent-wise, he's worth the higher number. But, yeah, I think it'll come up to that date, and he'll probably sign, like, a one or two year for a certain number. Um, I think it was TSN had a graphic today up, and it was, like, the players who, in their last two years of their ELC, put up similar numbers of what they got. And um, so, William Nealander had more points than David Pasternak, who's at 6.66, whatever. But he had less points than I think it was Nikolaj Ehlers, and Nikolaj Ehlers only got six. And so I think uh, that's what they're looking at. I think that's what Kyle Dubas is looking at, and I think that William Nylander is just seeing Leon Drysaddle. And I think that like somebody has to say to him, like, "Look, you are not the Leon Drysaddle. Mitch Marner is the Leon Drysaddle. You are David Pasternak. Like, you are the third guy because it's Marchand, Bergeron, and then Pasternak." Like, you are the third guy. Okay, that's... Yeah, that's all. I Like, I feel like it's kind of a... I don't know. Part of me is, like, Nylander could be the second guy, but also... I mean, part of it's just I'm a fucking Marner stan. Like, you guys know this about me. Yeah. But, like, I feel like in some ways they're equal. It's just they have, like... They they are slightly different, even though they're both wings. Or, I mean... Well, not... Marner goes back for two wing and center. I shouldn't say he's a wing. But, um... I don't know. I just think... I think that... What William Nylander does is more easily replaced on the Toronto Maple Leafs by Tyler Ennis, by Kasperi Kapanen, by Andreas Johansson playing with Austin Matthews. That's and fair, yeah. Mitch Marner is a line driver. Like, yes, he doesn't have to That's do that true, anymore yeah. with John Tavares, but he did it last year where he drove play. He drove that line. He drove that power play. That line is going to be scary. I'm yeah. just going to say it now. Like, honestly, like, the... The Ma- like the Matthews like Nylander like Hyman line was already pretty scary, but now they have the fucking Marner. What is it? Um, it's Marner Tavares, Tavares and 
Hyman. And Hyman, right, Hyman. I, for some reason, I was thinking, I'm getting all the names mixed up. I've been looking at too many rosters today. Oh, you're fine. Like, that, that line is already scary in the preseason. It's going to be fucking crazy. I'm, but that's a different yeah. story. I'm just kind of thinking about that, like, holy shit. Yeah, but I think I think if William Nylander was more of a play driver, that he would have more of a leg to stand on. He also forgets that Leon Dreisaitl is also a center. Like, Also, he, a lot of people were like thinking that Leon Dreisaitl was asking for too much as well, which I think is another thing he needs to consider. That like people are still bitter about Leon Dreisaitl asking for such a high number. Yeah. Um, yeah. Edmonton has overpaid several of their people. Just saying. Yeah. Leah Dreisaitl also had Connor McDavid to play yeah. against. Right. And William yeah. Nylander went into this without that person. He could kind of use John Tavares, but not really because John Tavares is Yeah, you is can't use John Tavares. John Tavares is, <laughs> is several years older, a former yeah. captain who took a pay cut because he wanted to play on a team this. that was up and coming and yeah. that was his hometown team. And so, like, Mitch Marner does have the, like, the uh, advantage of going into this with Austin Matthews and they can play off each other if they're smart. And William, William Nylander was just kind of like set adrift alone. But I think like, just sign the fucking contract, William. Like, sign it. Sign a bigger one when you're a UFA. Like, just goddamn sign the contract. Yeah, I think it would make more sense for them to do a one or two year like, probably a two-year so that he's, they're not signing at the same time that Marner and Matthews are. But, like, if you want a bigger number, sign a two-year now and then prove your fucking worth and ask for a crazy number in a couple of years. Yeah, do a bridge contract. I agree. I agree. Yeah, because that's, that's what a lot of the that's what a lot of the RFAs this season. Like, I think this has definitely been a season for, like, the RFAs asking for what they're worth but for what their team can't necessarily afford. Um, and regardless of whether, like, do we think Nylander deserves the number he's asking for, that's just a trend I've been seeing, and the younger players are standing up for themselves and asking for bigger numbers, because the younger, a lot of these younger players are on teams where they know that they are the future, that they are driving these teams, and they're doing well, and they don't want to be underpaid. So there's been a lot of really big one- and two-year contracts this year, and I think that, I think he just needs to bite the bullet and do that. Because especially with how good the Leafs should be, knock on wood, um, like, just do it, man. Just fucking do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. <laughs> I'm not going to knock on wood for John Tavares. Like, some of the rest of us <laughs> want to make playoff spots, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but, like, the Blues and Stars aren't in that division. So I can That's say, true. That's I, true, can, but... I can, like, if I would not mind the if, like, the Blues can make the playoffs and the Toronto Maple Leafs win. I'm okay with that. I just don't want us to miss playoffs again. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you one game. But I have I have dogs in in the Atlantic and the Metro too. Just they're not the mm-hmm. stars. But yeah, yeah. I yeah, like I'm not knocking so. on wood for John Tavares. I'm knocking <laughs> on wood because I like the three-headed monster. Like, and I don't I want would... them to be one of those teams where like year after year they don't get it, and then they're suddenly like they suddenly become the Sadines, and you're just like these people are so good. How do they not have a fucking cup? And then they have to retire. Not for John Tavares. I'm talking about the younger guys. But that's, oh my god! Sad. So the Islanders, the Islanders played the Flyers in Lehigh Valley on Friday, and um, I didn't have anything to do because it's my summer break. So I just drove up to Allentown. It's like an hour and a half. It's whatever. Um, and I tried to start a where Tavares, where's Tavares chant. But the thing about Lehigh is it's very different from the Wells Fargo Center and the fact that there are a lot of small children there, and their parents were not amused with me. Where's Tavares chant? They're like, no, we do let's go flyers and we're very positive. 
<laughs> this is a safe space. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, like, this is what getting a mascot does to you. <laughs> I don't want it. Getting a mascot does to you. Have you heard some of the stars chants? And they have the fucking Vic- Victor E. Green. That's true. That's true. We do. The, the stars chants are fucking brutal. We were the first place to do She Said No. And it's a damn shame that we don't get to be the first thing that does, um, we, we don't get to be the first arena that does Where's Tavares. Like, it's a shame. It should have been us. We deserve it. <laughs> okay, we should Well, if on. no one's done it yet, y'all still have a chance, I guess. No, because That's whoever, whoever gets, wherever the oh, yeah. others go, their first away is gonna do it. Yeah, you're right, probably. Right, we should, we should move on. We've been dawdling a lot. Yeah. Eric Carlson got traded. Um, and then Peter, uh, was it Peter Blackburn? I think it was Peter Blackburn or Peter, Pierre Lebrun wrote a really good article about why Eric Carlson is not going to sign an extension anytime soon. Um, anytime soon as in before the season or as in this season? As in before the trade deadline. Okay. So the debate is, Eric Carlson can either sign seven year a seven year extension now and lock up the money, or he can wait till the trade deadline and get eight years, uh, but he would risk injury. Um, so like if he, he could lock up he could lock up seven now and get more money from them, or he can wait till the trade deadline, get eight years, take a take a around the money same money. But the debate is, if you wait till the trade deadline, if you're not Eric Carlson anymore, if you get hurt again, what are you losing? <laughs> Sorry, we're distracted by Annie offering her $3 to get Carlson to, to jump over to L.A. Shut up. You're already getting our Temi Panarin. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Annie. Annie's not even here, and she's ruining this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if it was me, like, if... If Taylor is here too, and it was me, Taylor, and Annie doing a podcast, you would die, Gabby. Oh my god, <laughs> I would just—it'd be like hurting cats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I mean, I could see like <clears throat> on the argument of him like not signing. Like to be fair, like I like the Sharks and they're a good team, but they also are one of like aren't they one of those teams that are older with a lot of like long extensions for the older players? Like that might not be where he wants to. Like there's they a. Have- they have a few more younger players than like LA or Detroit does. Oh yeah, they're not like they're um, not like Detroit or LA or the Wild, but it's yeah, one but of those things where they're good players. That they they they're an older leaning team. They're in a contend now mindset, definitely. They're they're not yeah. in a like let's develop our prospects, but that doesn't mean they're not yeah. doing it either. I don't know. Well, well yeah, I'm just saying to... like from the last time I heard, I remember like at the beginning of the season we were at like at the beginning of the off season. Not oh god, not the season. Um, I do know that like there was like a lot of like older players that were signed for a really long time or it seemed like, but again, like they're, they're not in the same, they're not definitely not in the same place that like the Kings or some of the other or Detroit are. But like, I'm just saying like why he might like look into the future and be like, maybe this is not where I want to. Um, I can't think of the word. I want to say, so his oats, that's not it. I I mean, I, I don't know that he'll think that though, just from the history of, of San Jose has never really had trouble signing people. In general, that's like true. that's a bold face lie. Well, okay, so who who are you thinking of? I, I couldn't come up with anyone. They couldn't to get, get John Tavares. They couldn't get Stephen. No, Stanley. sorry, sorry. Couldn't Signing get... extension. Oh. I don't mean getting people to come there. 
but but signing to people two extensions i don't really know if people who like ufas who have ever really or anyone who's really wanted out of san jose once they're there can you think of any of those off the top of your head uh like- no joe thornton keeps pushing off dying like not today satan and then patrick marlowe left last summer and Boom! Mayor Callie, Patrick Marlowe. Patrick Marlowe. Okay. Yeah, was that a... Hmm. No, he like... He he was a UFA and they all thought he was going to sign because one of the... I think one of the Joes like was signed thinking that Patrick Marlowe would sign. I remember that. Yeah, Pavelski took less. Pavelski took less so that Marlowe would sign and then he instead went to the Leafs and took a three-year contract with the the Leafs. Oh, Thornton took less too. But Thornton's one years, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Either way, I distinctly remember that happening, and I because I that's that's what it was. It wasn't beginning this off season. It's beginning of last off season. I remember when Patrick Marlowe left. There was all this discussion about it being an older team as opposed to the Leafs, which are a much younger team, but also in an up and coming cup contender. And Patrick Marlowe is obviously an asset to them, Um, like the veteran, some of the veteran presence they need to rally all those fucking kids. I say like they aren't like I'm not in their age. Yeah, and I say like I'm not in in the direct middle of their age bracket, or actually the higher end. But I digress. Um, but still, like I I do remember that being a discussion. Yes, again, they, they do have some young good players. But like, if you think of their core, their core is already in their 30s, as opposed to like at the end of their 20s, they're just hitting 30, like some of the other teams that are more middling. Yeah, like Eric yeah. Carlson's at the beginning of his prime. And these guys are all at the end of their prime. And so, like, this year is the year to go for it, to blow off the doors. And I just think after that, you're like, hey, where else can I go? Can Tampa Bay fit me? Can Toronto fit me? Probably not. Um, Can Philadelphia fit me? Um, And he's not going to come here. But I can't. Do you think he wants to move around that much more? Do you think he's at a point in his life where he wants to pick somewhere and stay there for a long time? I think he wants to pick somewhere. I just don't know if that place he's going to pick is San Jose. Yeah. Also, like, it's is there really like... a difference between deciding now and deciding in July? Not really. Yeah, I think it depends. Like, also, and I'm not trying to say this to be disrespectful. I'm just, like, making a point about settling down is he doesn't have kids yet. So, like, obviously, because his wife had a miscarriage, which is very upsetting. But, like, he doesn't That's have a so kid sad. right now. Yeah. So like this is a time where he can decide. So like unless she get unless she gets pregnant soon, like you know that's gonna make him less inclined to leave. But like saying that she doesn't get like you know there's not a kid on the way in the next year or two. Like he has time to pick a place to settle down where he wants to raise his kid, at least in the Americas. The other thing I'm gonna say is that if he decides not to sign an extension with San Jose, he has all the power to pick where he wants to go, and Mike Hoffman has to decide next year around him. That if he signs, like, a bridge with San Jose, Mike Hoffman gets first, while if Eric Carlson goes into free agency, he gets to pick first, and then Mike Hoffman has to live his life around him. And, like, even if that place was San Jose, that's great, but I just, I wouldn't, I don't know. Do you sign the extension now? Do you lock up the money? And you hope, but then if you play better, God, to make these kind of decisions. Right. <laughs> uh, 
I think I think you're right that he'll he'll wait closer to the trade deadline to sign, uh, and then maybe find out how much he likes it. Also, yeah, and, signing and now would be dumb. Between now and San Jose, if he, if he or now and then if he falls in love with San Jose, maybe he'll sign a really long contract and stay there. But I could see it not happening before partway through the season. Um, Ottawa management, why won't you shut the fuck up? So there was that video that went, or not that video, that photo that went kind of viral the other night of uh, Brian five or six. And in the background is Kyle Dubas um, at the Ottawa Senators preseason game. Um, and then somebody did a little digging. It was like, hey, why is Brian, Brian five or six in the general manager's box? That's weird. Turns out Pierre Dorian had a whole bunch of bloggers and influencers um, for a non-media media press conference at a preseason game. And he, like, he didn't want any of the mainstream media because he's very Trumpian right now and looks at them as the enemy. So he had just, like, the diehard Ottawa bloggers and stuff um, there with him in the press box for a press conference. Pierre, shut the fuck up. Like, he just wanted to be like, I'm not doing a bad job. Um, (laughs) We got exactly what we wanted for Carlson, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, stop talking. Stop talking. Yeah, I don't – I think they tried to uh, – as far as they're like, we got exactly what we wanted from Carlson. I don't – I think they you tried to show – You would assume you'd want him at, to stay. Right. Well, I mean, obviously he wasn't going to do that, but I think they tried to be like, look at all these things we got, and they presented and got, you know, quantity over quality and tried to make it look good. They just pulled – like, they pulled all the stuff out of their pocket, and there is two crumpled dollars along with some <laughs> pocket lint – a paper clip, and a single peanut. There are many things in the pocket, but they did not mean anything except for the two dollars. <laughs> like I have, I gave away a, a dollar bill, but instead I got six pennies. I have yeah, more things. Is more than one, so I win. <laughs> yeah, like, like like talking to a preschooler. It's like no, yeah, like honey. that Shel Silverstein poem. Yeah. <laughs> um. The other thing is, I don't know if you guys remember, but in the spring, Travis Yost tweeted about there was a, every time he wrote up in the Ottawa, there would be a um, a troll on Twitter that would, like, correct him and defend Ottawa and, like, vehemently defend Ottawa. And he, like, the guy who ran, who had the Twitter just knew so much information. And Travis Yost is like, I don't know if this is real, but I think this dude is Pierre Dorian. And <laughs> went quiet. And then this week, um, in an interview, Pierre Dorian goes, yeah, I used to have a Twitter, but then somebody found out who I was. Pierre Dorian used to troll reporters defending his decisions. This is some Brian Colangelo shit. Like, I thought only Philly was this messy, but no, Ottawa is too. (laughs) And I just, Ottawa, please, I'm offering you my services, Ottawa Senators, that I will just come to your office and whenever you say something or do something, make a bad decision, I'll just politely go, no. And then you'll just pay me for that. Just me going, no. Just like spritzing with water. <laughs> Everybody gets a shot collar. Oh no. Oh no. That's how you learn. Brian oh. Five or Six gets the controller. Oh, that poor man. He's like a Steve Dangle, but like Steve Dangle got like a couple years of peace in there. He's just, he's on a hell ride. (laughs) Oh, that poor man. Poor Brian. His poor wife. 
Um, like Mrs. Dangle knew what she was getting into. They were he was nineteen when he started those. Brian five or six. This just appeared. She's already in there. I feel bad for her. She videotapes him. All of those. Like whenever it's from a distance, she's the one videotaping them. She's the best wife, and I love her. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Brian five or six. I don't know your name. <laughs> we appreciate you here at the For Puck's Sake podcast. <laughs> um. So Sports Illustrated came out with this really cool article that kind of like flew under the radar, but I thought it was so interesting. Um, it's by Alex Pruitt. Um, and he talks about this summer. Um, he doesn't well, well, first he talks about football players. And football players do this thing where they kind of get in groups from different teams over the summer, and it's led by coaches, and they just watch film together and they talk and they learn different techniques and stuff. And that's not really done in hockey. It's very much kept to yourself. And so um a hockey coach this summer. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find the the name. Um, sorry. Uh, Belfry, uh, Daryl Belfry, uh, created this player development, um, he's a player development consultant for the Toronto Maple Leafs, created this camp, which is invite only, and it's only the top talent. So it was, like, Austin Matthews, Charlie McAvoy, Dylan Larkin, Claude Giroux, Shane Gossespierre. It's called the 88 Summit because, um, of Patrick Kane was there, Connor Carrick was there, um, Basically, it's a camp, and then at the end, he did that. He brought them all into a room, and he started showing them clips of themselves. Um, and so, like, the first one that happened was uh, Patrick Kane's uh, setup to Ryan Hartman, where he went, like, behind his back against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's so awesome. But, um, and they're just like, how do you how do you read that? And so Patrick Kane starts explaining how he, like, sets up his head, where he looks, how he, like, reads the defenders, and then they ask it, um, and then Shane Goss's Bears um, goal uh, passed to Claude Giroux for the one-timer on the move. It's played next, and they ask Shane Goss's Bear about his footwork at the blue line to keep it in. It's such a cool article where they explain all these things. And I just, like, it's, I don't really know if you guys read it when I put it in the doc, but it's so interesting, and I suggest that everybody read it. Yeah, should we share, have we shared it at the Twitter or anything yet? I have not. I wanted to talk about it, and then, um. Okay. I'm going to put so many things on this Twitter. Right <laughs> underneath. I'm like, these are cool things that we talked about. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool idea also. And then I was just trying to imagine, like, getting all those people in a room together. Like, what would it be to be a fly on the wall I for know. that meeting? Yeah. I would have given my life, fortune, everything but my cat to be. Yeah. <laughs> I like that qualifier, room. everything but the cat. <laughs> Well, he's important. Yeah, Alex Pruitt, who got to sit in that room and listen to this. Like, freaking insane, man. It's my suggested reading for the week. And then after you read it, tweet about it to us and talk about how cool it is because it's very cool. Um, but I think I think the coolest thing of it of it was not just like, hey, um, like we all talked, but obviously when they leave that room, they're not gonna continue to talk to each other because they're on different teams. But what Connor Carrick did is Connor Carrick went to Austin Matthews and was like, hey, we talked about these things that you do in this meeting. Can you teach me how you do those things? Because they talked about how Austin Matthews can change his wrist shot on the fly. Like he doesn't just set it up how and it's how he's such a good sniper because he can do that. He can go around defenders with it. Um, and so Connor Carrick's like, can we still work together during the season? Can we go and watch other players' films and you and I talk about these things? And Austin's like, of course. So I think like... I think that's a really cool takeaway from it because like from Philly, we know that Claude Drew and Shane Goss' bear spend so much time together. And so the other pairing that was there was Connor Carrick and Austin Matthews. 
And I think that's so cool that they are continuing to work on that into the season. Yeah, I'm so glad that you shared that because um, I just love the fact that it was like, it all became very unprompted and like very organic learning process. And I just, oh, that's such a super group. I'm just, yeah, like Callie said, I just wish I could have witnessed that and just seen all the stuff that they just think of on their own. Like, also, like for oh, me, so somebody weird. like didn't like hashtag play the game. Like, yeah. I know pretty hockey things when I see them, but they're not something that I can explain. Yeah, I could never explain those. Reading yeah. the article and reading what they like, what they said, and then going back and watching the video a couple times, you start to be able to see those things. And it's not something that I can like recognize on the fly now, but it's something that like if somebody says it, I can be like, oh, so now like when I'm watching Austin Matthews highlight goals, I can see him change that shot. When I'm watching Shane Goss' bear run a power play, I'm watching his footwork along the blue line as he's keeping the puck and as he's running it. And so um, it's just like being able to see those things now as somebody who wasn't raised around hockey, I think is so interesting to me. And he's being a butt. And he just goes, I'd pay, I'd pay to be in the room to smack Patrick Kane. <laughs> Annie, stop ruining our podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm just messaging her back instead of bringing it up. You're the one who keeps, like, encouraging her by verbalizing back. Because Callie's, uh, like, dying. <laughs> yeah, otherwise there might be a slight pause while we all try not to laugh. And so she's trying to explain why suddenly there's hey, nothing Hey, I was on. fine. I was fine. I was ready to move on. I'm ready to do this. <laughs> Are we ready? Are we ready to do this? Are we ready to dive into the Central Division? Yeah. I think so. Let's do it. Okay. Our Central Division preview starts with the Chicago Blackhawks. That's because we're going bottom to top. Yes. Um, yeah, that's what I thought we'd be doing. Uh, and I have mixed feelings, had mixed feelings about doing the research for this because one part of my brain was like, oh no, now Google is going to think I care about the Blackhawks and give me <laughs> Blackhawks news. But the other part of me was going, yay, the Blackhawks are doing so bad. <laughs> See, but this is what incognito mode is for, so that it doesn't fuck up your search history. That would have been smart. Um, that oh, yeah, sorry. Smart. Real quick. Fuck you, Sammy. I sent you that thing of Robbie Fabry, and now I get 10,000 notifications about Robbie Fabry's name. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you were at work, and I Googled something for you, and now I get notifications I about work. Fabry's name. I, I was at work and do and see you Googled it. I just went on Twitter. I just I, I just typed in Fabry on Twitter and that's all like that's well, how no, I got all I went of on my Twitter, but then I like clicked on the I clicked on like the blues thing that was like he got hurt and I was like, oh let's find more details. And then it was like there are no more details. And I was like, cool. And now every time there's a detail, I get a notification. Sorry, continue. That sounds Gabby. like a personal problem, Gabby. <laughs> okay, so well I did my research for this team since I don't usually um pay attention to them. Uh, kind of what we all know, obviously, is that they've got a couple of really big contracts on a whole lot of uh, aging players, um, and they didn't make the playoffs last year for the first time in a long time. Because they uh, suck. And they probably won't make the playoffs again this year. Um, I'm going to get, you know, about ranked maybe 31st in the league this year. Um, <laughs> no, then they get Jack Hughes. Y well, I'm going to go with they ranked 31 and then lose the lottery. How's that? Okay. <laughs> just um, don't get them jack use they don't deserve it yeah 
so and one one of the things that for that is that um they have no goalie uh, you know and you can't really play hockey without a goalie um Corey crawford who has been their starter for a while uh there's he's still kind of he's getting on the ice every once in a while um but still dealing with concussion systems from an injury at some point last year um and it's not looking great for him to start the season uh during the off season they signed cam ward to back up Corey crawford uh but now there's no Corey Crawford, so I guess they're starting Cam Ward, it looks like. Um, and this is not the Cam Ward, obviously, who won a Stanley Cup uh, in his rookie season. He hasn't been that Cam Ward in a very long time. Um, That's because the Hurricanes sucked the life out of their goalies. Yeah, that might be it, because I, I, Ward and Darling. Uh, Darling were probably the worst and pairing. Eddie Lack. Oh, yeah. 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 But... Uh, not great stats last year. Um, he's 34, so he's getting up there in age. Uh, if he gets hurt, I guess we're going to call up Scott Foster again. You know, he did really good that one time, uh, our beer league goalie. I say our, even though I'm not a Hawks fan, but now I'm doing the research. So, uh, And then so for backing up Cam Ward, I guess, at the start, they'll either have uh, Anton Forsberg, who was their number two next, last year, although uh, Quenville doesn't really trust him. Um, it seems like, so it may actually be, uh, Kali Delia. Uh, I don't know if I said that first name right, but he's been playing in their, uh, preseason games and doing, eh, uh, so he may, <laughs> he may get it over Forsberg. Um, we'll see. So that's kind of their, their biggest problem, uh, is unless a miracle happens and Corey Crawford, uh, recovers very soon, they may have to go scrounging on the trade market for a goalie this year. Um, um, so, uh, other than that, Hawks, uh, I didn't know this, but last year, do you realize they actually, their prospects run the won the prospect turn, tourney last, last offseason? Um, so that's, I guess, a light at the end of the tunnel for them. If they, if they do start a rebuild, maybe next year, since they didn't do much this I mean- offseason. Not to butt in, but they've 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 had like decent like young players like Alex Debrincat, who's like the one hawk I yeah. know oh, love. Yeah. He's fucking insane. It's like they're yeah. it's one of those things. They're like in a transition period, right? Like I, I think yeah. that they just haven't realized they're in a transition period. Exactly. That's the part is that they're. I think this is the year they're gonna realize. Oh shit, we need to we need to do more here. Um, because they do have they do have Debrincat. He'll probably be playing on their top line, uh, this year, and they've got. The one bright spot in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> now that Sharp, uh, Sharp and Duclair are no longer on the team, the one bright spot. Sorry, I really like I really like Alex Debrincat. He's my one exception on the Hawks. Yes, I would I would agree. Except that you know, doing this research, I kind of like several of these rookies, and it's not necessarily their fault that they happen Poor to rookies. be Hawks rookies. Um, so the the other rookies that we're talking about, uh, one of them is Henry uh, Yoki Harju. Uh, I think I got that right. Uh, wasn't supposed to make the opening lineup, um, but then the Hawks have uh, two two more D injuries than they were expecting. They, <laughs> oh no! Um, Connor Murphy is going to be out twelve weeks instead of eight weeks, which puts them into like end of November time frame. I was I'm thinking, um, and then mm-hmm. Gustav Forsling is on IR, uh, so they'll they'll have their top pair of their aging Keith and Seabrook line, you know, mid thirties. They'll have, is Gabby back yet? Yeah. They'll have Manning, uh, Brandon Manning on their second line, it looks like. 
appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I think Gabby just got possessed by a fucking demon. Holy <laughs> shit. That was a witch's oh, castle. I'm, it's not October yet, man. I know it's yep, spooky so, season, but it's not October yet. So, so Brandon Manning's going to be on their second pairing. Um, and then their third pairing is going to be their brand new uh, rookie, Henry Yoki Haru, and then Gustafsson, it looks like. Um, Buckfist, who they just drafted this last year, uh, probably w- won't make the opening night roster from what I've read. Um, although he's getting a good look here in preseason, he'll he'll probably need another year before he's NHL ready. Um, not that really anyone thought Yoki Haru was going to be ready this year, but turns out they needed him. Um mm-hmm. Because you do need at least six defenders. Like, that's just... That's fine. Yeah. Just start throwing fans on the ice. Or their mascot. Whatever their mascot's name is. Was it Tommy? Tommy the Hawk? Yeah. I always think of, like, I feel like you should be skateboarding. But that's Tony. (laughs) (laughs) I always think... I always go, isn't that the skateboarder? And then I'm like, no, Callie, that's Tony Hawk. (laughs) Um, And then so... Uh, Dabrinkat, of course, ha- had a, isn't officially a rookie anymore, but still pretty much a rookie. Um, and then uh, Dylan Sakura, who played five games at the end of the season with the Hawks last year, is going to break the lineup probably on the third line. So is he one of the brothers? Yes. So the it's the younger brother um, because I and I was I had to double check this because uh, according to you know the stats websites that you pull up, he is. Let's see, where did I write this down? Uh, five eleven and hundred and sixty pounds. Isn't Claude Giroux that size? Not that weight, though. I was gonna say hundred and sixty pounds. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, Claude Giroux is one eighty. He's the same exact size as uh, Hillary Knight. Yeah, oh. I just the one sixty. The twenty are... pounds is a lot for the like, especially in hockey. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, and he's twenty three, so it's not like he's eighteen and still growing. Oh shit. Um, yeah, that's kind of probably going to be the size he is. So more power to him. I hope he can uh, pull something off. And I hope that all of us in the Central Division who have really, really big boys, I hope we don't murder him. I was to say, that is not a beefy boy. <laughs> I mean, you would hope, well, I would say, like, again, let's hope that he doesn't get murdered in the Central Division, considering that, like, it's very possible. But also you think in the Central Division, like, he's ready for it. He has to know what he's getting into on this team, especially being on the Hawks. Yeah, yeah he really does. And so uh, more power to him if, if he can do it. Uh, the Hawks, you know, I think that they've got a lot of good talent um, and a bunch of them are going to get thrown in this year and they will probably do a lot of growth. It's I don't think it's going to be enough to get them out of the bottom of the pot, though. So. Is there anything I missed? Any, anything you can think of I didn't cover? Uh, did they have any big additions or losses this year or not really? Um, I mean, other than that, Corey Crawford's uh, injured. Oh, they did sign uh, a Kunitz this summer. And so he'll be playing on the top line with uh, Dabrinkit and Taves. So that's kind of a, a larger upside, I guess. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, they signed like Cam Ward, Brandon Manning, Chris Kunitz. Brandon Manning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's so funny to me that he has a job. Yep, <laughs> on the second, on the second pairing, no less. Oh, yeah, no, God, I mean, the Hawks have been a mess for the past couple of years. They just didn't want it, it. They didn't want to admit it this past season, even though they were they finished the bottom of the fucking Central Division. Which, to be fair, the Central Division was a very tough division last year. 
But like you would but, think like, they had something they had something to blame it on last year. They could blame it on the fact that Duncan Keith shot like 0.4%. Like they had they had something they could like be like, oh Duncan yeah. Keith isn't gonna well, do Well my that I was gonna say like last year, but then also like considering they got fucking throttled. Well they made the playoffs the year before, but they got fucking throttled by the mm-hmm. Predators. Uh, like, Pecorine broke Stan Bowman's brain. That was <laughs> like that that whole series was honestly pretty pathetic on the on the Blackhawks part. Also, and I'm just, just saying, like, it's because of Pecorine that they traded Panarin for Saad, and it's what caused this entire meltdown. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying that like it's I I, I feel like they're finally gonna have to like face the facts was the point yeah. I was getting at. Oh, I was just yeah. saying, yeah, like it's not like the the why, it's not like why like this is happening because yeah there's a series of events that's how time works but <laughs> my point is is that they've been a train wreck the past few years which is what i've been saying but no one listens to me because i'm just a bitter blues fan it's beside the point <laughs> beside the point my point is that like i feel like this season is like last if last season wasn't a wake-up call this season is going to be a wake-up call yeah i think they'll finally realize they are in or need to be in rebuilding mode uh, if they're gonna get anywhere close to the playoffs again, so that's my take on the on the bottom of the Central Division Blackhawks. All right, babe, you're also up right now for the Dallas Stars. No, I am not. We're doing I'm bottom doing up. This. No, that is not the Stars. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Wild. It's the Stars. The Wild oh, are the we playoffs. Doing, are we doing the Athletic Division? No, no, no we're like, doing how they the last season. Oh, okay. I thought we were doing predicted this next season. No. <laughs> okay. Well, so I was yeah. also predicting that the that the Hawks were going to be bottom next season. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, yeah. For doing last season, I will admit that was the Stars. Uh, the wheels fell off a bit partway through last season, so. <laughs> relate. Hard relate. Yeah. I think you, you and I though, we're, we're gonna make it. We're gonna kick the, yeah. we're gonna kick the abs in the wild out of the playoffs, though. Sorry, sorry, Iris. <laughs> I'm um, hoping for what I was hoping last season, which we almost had it until Annie's fucking Kings came out of nowhere, where the Central Division had both wild card spots for a while. Yeah. I want that. I Five that Central Division teams would be fun. That'd be a I fun. I could see playoffs. that happening this year. Yeah, but go on with the stars, babe. Okay. Um. Oh gosh, where should I start? <laughs> it's almost like harder when it's your own team because there's so much you could say. You can start um, with Tyler Sagan finally signing his fucking con his fine his oh, extension. Yay. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I had I had tears of joy mostly just because when I read the article, he like he calls um Dallas home, and like I just got emotional. Uh, it was a hard week for me that week, but. He definitely took a bit of a hometown discount um, for for that contract, so that's nice. We will have our, our same uh, first line going forward this season of Ben, Sagan, and Radulov, um, which is nice because it was definitely one of the the best top lines in hockey. You can debate that if y'all want, but I think it was one of the best top lines in hockey. I'd agree. Uh, yeah, okay. it was really good. Yeah, so uh, the problem stars last year is that we had one of the worst second lines in the NHL. Um, in fact, we really had a first line and three third lines, maybe two third lines and a fourth line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our off season was, we were attempting to add depth uh, 
at the forward position. And I think we, I think we really did that. Um, we got Nchushkin back um, from the KHL. So he's, he's a little bit, uh, a bit of a question mark since he hasn't played in the NHL's uh, a full season healthy since his, his freshman season, his rookie season. Um, but he'll probably be on the second line with uh, Yanmark and probably Spezza centering the second line. Um, Spezza had a really terrible year last year and I, no offense to the guy but it was bad it was really bad um I think he's gonna have a bounce back here and maybe that's my optimism but uh, I have been to one preseason game at least already um and he scored in it so that was nice uh a good sign I think of of maybe a better season and, and also he's got to be hungry on it this is his last last season of his contract if he wants another one which it sounds like he does he's got to do something um so there's that. And then the other possibility for our second line, uh, which is uh, uh, Faxa and Pitlick were on the third line together last year. And then we signed um, Blake Como. Okay. I was really afraid I was going to call him Comiao because that's what my friend and I have been calling him. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> so those three will be either second or third line. Um, not really sure what yet since we're still in the preseason. And I haven't even seen him play because he didn't play in that game. Um, and he didn't play in the one that I streamed. So he's a bit of an unknown quantity for me. Other than that, his stats last year, uh, he was a you know 20 goal, 30 points for pretty solidly the last four years. Um, so hopefully there's a bit of depth scoring we added there. Um, and then... Our fourth line is just a series of question marks. Um, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six players still in the running for the, the three slots in our uh, fourth line, which is probably a good position to be in. Um, all of them will be, you know, push, pushing each other, trying to get those fourth line minutes. Um, two of them, uh, Remy, uh, sorry, Jason Dickinson and uh, Rope Hintz last year spent pretty much the whole season with the Texas Stars, had that long run to the Calder Cup playoffs. Um, and then Devin Shore, Jamal Smith, Remy Ellie, and uh, Brett Ritchie spent most of the season or a large majority of it with the Stars. Um, and yet all, all six of them are competing uh, to be in that, that fourth line. So that's kind of a better problem to have um, than the alternative, which is to have not enough depth in the forward. And then the part that I'm really, really excited about is the defense, um, mostly because our – Third overall first round pick from not this last draft, but the one before Miro Heiskanen is uh, my boy Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I met him at his draft. He was he was very awkward. It was fun. Was he? Oh, that's yeah. yeah he it's for, little anecdote. I took a selfie with him like as we were as I was leaving, and he smiled really crookedly. And I thought that he was like upset because I caught him and took a picture with him. And then I looked at it at the at the draft pics, and he smiles like really awkwardly in way. every single picture. <laughs> and I'm just like, I feel a lot better because I thought that I like accidentally because my friend Christy saw him. I wasn't paying attention, and so I thought that I like accidentally like jumped him or something for a picture. But no, he's just awkward. He has an awkward face. It's fun. Sorry, continue. Yeah. No, I'm just I really excited for him. Me too. I am excited. He's uh, he's gonna be, oh, he's just gonna be so much fun to watch. Um, even even just in the first game already, it's looking up. Um, so not really sure where they'll pair him yet. Um, he has a lot of the offensive upside that like a John Klingboard 
Spielberg does, so it doesn't make sense Clean to board. me to put them to put them together. Um, but I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know what our coach will do. I don't have an insight into his head. Um, so we have uh, Issa Lindell coming back, John Klingberg coming back, uh, Mira Heiskanen will be our defensive rookie of the year. Um, Mark Mathot uh, is supposed to be recovered from his injuries from last year, although we haven't really been playing him um, to protect, you know, the wear and tear because he's a little, I guess, a little bit injury prone. Um, then we signed Roman Polak to be our seventh defender. Uh, and then Johns and Honko will f- fill in the other two uh, slots. Um, actually, we have a prospect, uh, Gavin Bayreuther, we've been playing all through this preseason, and everyone expected him, him to be set, sent down one of the last two times we did releases, and he still he still isn't. Um, he played along with Honka. They put them as the top-line D pair for the Florida game to see how they could handle it. Um, we lost in that one, but until overtime, so they uh, didn't. It wasn't a disaster. So I don't wasn't know. It I think like one second guys... into overtime, too. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I stopped watching because I had to run out, and I was like, "Oh, that was anticlimactic." Um. So there's a lot of ins- upside on the D pair as well, and then um, our goalie situation this year. Hasn't changed since, you know, we made the one signing the offseason of Anton Kodobin to back up Ben Bishop. Um, I really hope Ben Bishop doesn't get injured this year. He's Knock on wood. Yeah. He's a little bit uh, more prone to it than I would like. Um, but if he does, you know, I think Kodobin will will pick up the slack a little better than Kari did last year. Um, so... Can't do worse. Yeah, yeah. It was so sad because, like, when when Bishop and and Lettinen were trading off, they had one of the best pair like goalie stats in the league. And then the second Bishop got hurt and Lettinen was like starter all on his own, he just collapsed, and it was sad. So I like Kari. Um, but Kari. I digress. So. Uh, yeah, what uh anything I missed? Gabby? Um not at the top of my head. Um oh my question is what do you think the trade value of Spezza is? Uh I don't see us trading him. You don't? No, because I I don't think the trade value is there. Um for, to get someone who was so I think the only reason might we would trade him is if we could get someone who could fill in a, as a second line center. Um, yeah, he's also very important to like the um, to the leadership and like as like a vet presence, isn't he? Too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's great in the room, is what you know they say. And and actually, I read an article recently. He was like, he's I'm I'm tired of being great in the room. I want to be great on the ice too. I want to produce. Yeah. I produced my whole whole career until last year. Um, so do I you think he'll bounce back? I think he's going to have a bounce back season because I, I think part of the reason he did so good last year is he and Hitch did not mix well together. Yeah. Uh, and Hitchcock, our coach last year, he he never had the same like place in the lineup any two games in a row. Um, and so I think this year, I mean, he's played with Yanmark and with Nushushkin before, like three years ago. 
Um, so that'll be good. And I think he's going to be really, really. Um, yeah. So I see us, I see us uh, seeing that contract out. Um, and then, you know, of course, depending on if he bounced back, I, I don't know that we'll resign him, but hopefully, you know, for him, he'll think hopefully somebody will if he does something good this year. So. All right. Yeah, um, I don't have any more questions if anybody else does. Nope. She answered all nope. mine already. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, sorry. Um, let me bring that up. Hold on one sec. Um, next up is Sammy. Okay. So obviously I'm doing the blues. Yeah. Um, we just missed the mark last year um, for playoffs. We started off. Last year was a roller coaster of emotions. We started off being one of the best teams in the league, um, best in the West for a while. Um, and then due to um, Schwartz getting injured and then later other people getting injured, we kind of fell off the boat and then nearly made the playoffs but missed by one game against the Avalanche because we made we do what we do best and we make a running recovery at the end of the season because we're very good at that. But it just, the Avs were really thirsty for it this year. I meant to say hungry. Thirsty came out instead. Going <laughs> <off the race. laughs> I feel like that's appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> it is, but it's not exactly the vocab I intended to use. <laughs> um, so the Blues are in an interesting position just because we're one of those consistent playoff teams that has not fucking won the cup. Um, knock on wood. Um but so we did a shit ton of moving this summer. We actually were probably the like one of we didn't. Well, I guess aside from the Ryan O'Reilly trade, we didn't have some of the biggest moves, but we had like probably like the most some of the most restructuring. And we did a bunch right around um, the deadline or the, um, the UFA, like when UFA happened and everything. So we lost like um, we lost a couple of people who've been there for a while, like Berglund. Upshaw left again. Stasny we lost at the tra- lost at the trade deadline um, back in March, but I still feel like it's important to bring up just because of like how much the team is changing this season. Um, and then we lost my boy Hutton, but I knew he wasn't going to stay. I had hopes, but I didn't think he was going to. Um, but we who we brought in, we brought in like we had we got Patrick Maroon. We got of course the Ryan O'Reilly trade, um, and then we also have like Perron and Bozak who aren't like. Bozek's not amazing, but one of the issues with the Blues is, similar to the Stars, we've always had issues with, like, we've had, like, we had, like, a fucking crazy, insane top line. We had a pretty good second line, but, like, we just were lacking in, and we have really good defensemen, but we're lacking in, we've lacked in depth. That's always been one of those things where it's, like, we, like, we're very momentum-based, and so, like, some games, like, our fourth line did really well, but we just we we've consistently had issues with consistency that's always been my joke we're consistently inconsistent and so the blues did a lot of moves this summer to um try and fill in those gaps and so i actually have a lot of high hopes for the blues this season because they've done so much to try and um deal with this like deficiency um for going by the kind of structure that we've used in the past where like the in and out um I think that now that Hutton is gone, we signed Chad Johnson to like a one or two year contract. I don't remember off the top of my head now. Um, but I think that this with like, even though I wish Hutton was here and he was the, our starter, I think that with him gone and we still have a couple years for Allen, um, even though he 
is dealing with injury right now. Um, I think this is finally going to give um, Villahuso a chance. He's on, he's on the AHL. Um, he's been fucking phenomenal on the Rampage. Like, he's been really fucking good on the Rampage. But he really only got into... He, I think, got called up for the last couple of games, and I don't think he started any of them and didn't really do much. He was just there because Hutton was injured. Um, and so I think... I hope what I'm hoping is that they're going to start giving um, Huso some that um, they're going to give Huso time to get comfortable in the net as a backup and then presumably eventually take over from Allen. That's further down the line. But like with having a backup goalie on a one year contract, um, I'm thinking that they're intending for Huso to come up more. Um, Other people that are probably going to come more is Sammy Blaze has been fucking killing it in this preseason i haven't really been watching but i swear every single game he plays he gets at least one goal if not multiple goals he's been doing crazy a lot of our kids have actually been doing pretty well but like unfortunately we have or not unfortunately it's fortunate we have a lot of people right now who are just really good but that's our prospect pool like our ahl pool has always been pretty good it's just finding the right structure and the right set of people is been difficult so i'm like depending on who we have as our extra pieces because we signed jordan who is a jordan nolan though i haven't even i don't even know if he's playing any games i don't think he's gonna stay up very long i don't even know if as much as i love thorburn i don't even know if thorburn's going i think thorburn's gonna be scratched more than he's not just because we don't like while we can always use an enforcer on a central division team it's we have like we have so much more depth now. I don't know if he really has as much of a place anymore. I think they're trying to have, like, if we don't have a fourth line, they're trying to have like two third lines, a second and a first, or some, just some other configuration. And then we also have um, Barbashev isn't is probably going to stay up as well. Um, Samford, Cairo, and Thomas, if they're not sent, if they're not sent, I don't know if any of them could get sent back to juniors, or at least with Cairo and Thomas, but I know that they've been doing really well in the preseason too, so they might stay up as our extra pieces as well. Now that Sanford is healthy again, he's probably going to be um, in the revolving door of, like, AHL call-ups. Um, so, I don't know. I have super high hopes. I don't know, like, some, the athletics seems to have less high hopes, and I'm a little bummed about that, because we have so much like going for us this year i mean to be fair we are fabry's injured again we are injury prone we are our own worst enemy but like i think that i think it's very likely that we'll be able to return to playoffs this year and hopefully go farther i don't know that's like that seems to be like the the typical blue slogan is this like well next year will be our year in a way that like is almost more consistent than other times because we are a consistent playoff team but we just can't no follow through. I don't know. I don't know. You guys have any questions? <laughs> I just kind of like ranted for a good several minutes. Um. Obviously, I'm gonna ask one question out of personal interest. Oh God, How do you what? think my boy's gonna do? I think Pareko's going to do very well. I mean, you would hope with that contract. Nothing against him. I'm so happy for him. I think he deserves the contract he has. Um. I like. I love, especially because um some of the other like we are we have good D vets but like we it, it, you can see like the cycle going through where you have Dunn who was our rookie last year um coming up like Edmondson and Pareko when um kind of trade off being in the first pair especially when Gunnarsson 
like with Gunnarsson because obviously Petra's always for always a starting D but like they kind of trade off my question is is are they going to give Preko an A or not I still don't know for sure if he's just going to keep being um an injury A but I think is, he's going to do there well. one up for grabs um, there technically is because um, Stastny left, but we also have like several like older, like we have like Ryan O'Reilly and other people. So like technically, but like I think it's more like that like Maroon or O'Reilly is going to get like someone older okay. is going to get it. That is my pet peeve when somebody new walks into a room and gets a leadership position because you don't know the dynamic that they're going to come into and like how yeah. they're going to deal with it. Why the hell are you automatically giving them a leadership position? That drives me insane. Yeah, like, I don't know for sure, for sure, because I don't, I could have just missed it because I've been really busy, but I don't think they've announced the A's. I think that it'd make more sense to have Pareko be the A because he has been consistently, and like, I don't just say as his fan, but he's, like, from his rookie year, like, he's consistently been a leader among the younger players, and, like, when Petra was injured last year, he they gave him the A. Like, I don't know if he's been wearing the A during the preseason. I would assume he he's one of the, he's one of the young players they've been trying the A out on. He's, again, he's carried the A during games before, but I just don't know, like, I think they're waiting till the preseason's over to make that decision, which I think makes more sense, because, as you said, you don't know how the dynamic's gonna work out. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I would hope he gets an A, um, if he doesn't get one this year, I guarantee he has to get one next year because I don't know why he wouldn't. But um, he definitely he's at least as they're going to be like a backup A. I would hope that like I think it make more sense to have him share an A with one of the one of the older vets that can, that's a newcomer vet. I mean, like like if he yeah, shared like he the A with O'Reilly, yeah, like one's the away A and one's the home A. I think that would be a good compromise because I do think um I know that last year one of the issues that rumor wise I have no clue if this is true this is just stuff I heard from others Blues fans that there was issues in the locker room because the team was too clicky and I don't even know what clicks these would be honestly but like I know at least part of it was like because I know all the younger players tend to hang out together so if nothing else it could bridge a gap between some of the older players and some of the younger players if that is indeed an issue um but I don't yeah I don't know I just need Bozak to stop frowning because he seems, at least from what I heard at training camp, I don't know how he's been doing in preseason. He seems super pissed to be there, even though we gave him a good, we gave him, we overpaid him. But I don't know. That's that's my my one concern. I haven't been keeping up with how he's been doing. I think he's he scored some goals during the preseason, but I don't know if he's been if he finally started enjoying himself or not. Are we sure he doesn't just have RBF really bad? It. It was one of, for, according to my friend who went to training, he wasn't even interacting with like the other players really. Like he was not talking, he just looked pissed the entire time. Could somebody like, have called him out on his bullshit? I don't know. I would assume someone would in the room, but like I No, don't... no, no. I mean, the reason he's pissed is because somebody called him out on his pre-existing bullshit. It's possible. I don't know. <laughs> it is possible. Like I don't. Again, this is just from what I heard from um from other blue, from people who went to training camp. It just made me a little concerned, just because people there was like there's been speculation that issues in the locker room are part of what calls us to kind of fall fall off the what is the term fall off the, the wagon wagon. Yes, thank you. Fall off the wagon. <laughs> I keep wanting to say fall off the boat. Um, fall off the wagon. Um, so I, it's just like, that does make, that was kind of making me a little anxious, but, um, I think like talent wise, he'll be a good asset. I just don't know if he'll be a good asset in the locker room. Oh, makes sense. Sorry. 
and it's okay. on your faces. That was rude. Uh, <laughs> Iris, do you want to talk about the Colorado Avalanche? Always. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this past season is all about pretty much proving everyone wrong. Uh, and they definitely did that by making it to the playoffs uh, and making it through that last game against the Blues. Sorry, Sammy. <laughs> um, but pretty much the goal is to just keep that upward momentum and also figure out, first of all... What number Jack Hughes is going to wear? <laughs> I cannot wait. First of all, that uh, figure out what they're doing with their prospects is considering the fact that they have that first-round pick. Um, and also... A few other things to consider are the fact that um, we have we picked up uh, Ian Cole and Matt Calvert from the Columbus Blue Jackets, and with the way our prospects are lined up, um, for example, Kale McCarr is playing at UMass Amherst right now, uh, and I was wondering what happened to him. Yeah, he just like some people were like he's ready, but he chose not to like um come into the NHL. Um he decided to stay at UMass for another season. Um Take the fucking money, children. Sorry. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like considering um Ian Cole's contract and just the fact that like we have younger, faster people who are coming into the system, like how is that gonna like change the pairings coming into the future and like how is that going to hinder the progress of the developing players. Um, also, the fact that we have a Grubauer and it's supposed to be like a tandem goalie situation with Semyon Varlamov. And with Varley being so injury prone, like, will that actually happen? Or will Groovy have to take over for a long time? And how is he going to perform in that situation? Um, and also, going back to defensemen, uh, the fact that Sam Gerard performed so well during the season uh, after being traded um, and joined the Avs. And just like, who do we pair him with? Um, so they've been trying out a bunch of different pairings during the preseason. And I'm not sure where he'll end up. Maybe with Eric Johnson. Um, definitely not with Tyson Berry. Um, but we'll see. Also, Second line, we're trying to figure out who's going to be the second line center. It seems like it could probably be Tyson Jost at this point. Um, but it's just who's going to play with him. Uh, it might be Matt Calvert. We don't know. Um, and, of course, the top line is going to stay the same with uh, McKinnon and Rantanen and Landis Gog. Um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, uh, exactly. I think I'm so uh, used to seeing calling him Gabe that it took me a good second, even though I know you said his name, that I'm like, she forgot Gabe. I'm like, wait, no, that's what you just said. I just apparently can't pronounce his last name or recognize <laughs> him when you verbalize Gabe. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, that's going to stay the same. Uh, and just, as always, up scoring, um, because with the top line having... McKinnon as a driving force, like just trying to make sure everyone can keep up and keep that momentum going throughout the game and throughout the season. 
um, and trying to depend on McKinnon a little bit less. Uh, because he definitely dragged us into the playoffs, thank God. But you can't have that going on forever. Um, so I'm sure I forgot some stuff. Ask me anything. <laughs> <laughs> Any? I don't know enough about the Avalanche to ask you questions. I feel like the Avalanche are like the wild and I always forget them. I I was wondering if uh, there are any like prospects or that you have really been looking forward to seeing play here in the preseason. Ooh. Uh, one prospect that I did not look out for, but I've been pleasantly surprised by, even though I'm sure some people weren't because they were looking into him more. Um, Brandon Sajan. Uh, I always want to say Sagan, but it's not Sagan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he scored the most during the rookie tournament um, that just happened. And in the preseason games, he's just been playing really hard and making his presence known. And I wonder what they're going to do with him. And just in overall, in terms of um, prospects for the Avs, the fact that the Colorado Eagles, who used to be the ECHL affiliate, is now the AHL affiliate, they're kind of like rebuilding that whole thing as well. So... It's just as much, like, I don't know, that's very much up in the air. So I'm trying to see who's ending up there to kind of figure out who might be the first call-ups should anything happen on the Avs main roster. Because didn't we get the Avs AHL affiliate? Well, the Rampage. Yeah, we got, because, yeah, I mean, the former one, because we got the Rampage because the Knights got our Wolves. Yeah. Yeah, and then they they turned uh, the winners of the, they won, right? The Yeah, they won. Yeah, they won for the second year in the row, right? Yeah, they sure did. Yeah, so now they are AHL. And so that'll be cool. It'll be good competition for uh, those of your prospects coming up through that season uh, mm-hmm. system. Wait. Yeah. Sorry, this is unrelated. Guys, the Browns have a better record than the Patriots right now. Beautiful. I love this. <laughs> Sorry. That's Wait, really that's important to me. Sorry, I had to disrupt this podcast to bring you that news. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> Sorry, back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> oh, yeah. What were you saying? <laughs> it broke up. Okay. <laughs> uh, does anybody have other avalanche questions or should we move on to the wild after I broke us with this wild news? I think this is a good time to this is a good time to move on. We could even try and okay. edit out the evidence of our breaking. No, it's amazing. <laughs> no. Callie wants to be professional. Like, are you new here, Callie? <laughs> uh, uh, to be fair, tools. I don't think she's done like a podcast with me and you. Oh, true. Because <laughs> me and you, and Callie, uh, Callie comes on with you, me, and Annie. Her head would Oh explode. God, <laughs> she would definitely need to talk a lot louder. It'd be bad. I get to, by the way, side note, I got yelled at for keeping my baby brother awake because I was talking too loud in this podcast tonight. That's okay. I went out to get water and my roommate's boyfriend was like, what are you doing in there? No, my stepdad <laughs> texted me and then my mother came in and is like, your brother can't sleep. And I'm like, well, he woke me up three times last night, so it's fine. And then I got right. in trouble because I'm 17 years older and I should be better than this. Sammy, talk about the wild so we can all go okay. home. I don't... Okay, so the wild didn't do much this summer, honestly. Like, I... 
So talking to fans, a lot of them are assuming because they've done, they've been okay, they've been like a consistently average team that they're going to make playoffs again this year. I personally disagree, but that's a different story. Let me talk about why. They didn't really gain much and they haven't really lost much this offseason. Like they picked up JT Brown, who I love with my life, but you know, and his wife. Um, and they have a couple of, I don't like, I couldn't even figure out if anyone left if I didn't have too much time to look into it, but I just literally have an all cats. Did anyone leave question mark, um, on my notes. And then, um, like they have a couple of like prospects that are looking to come up like Clues and Rao that are hoping to make it. And then they have, um, some like, then they also have Barkowski who might be trying to get a spot. But, like, honestly, like, the issue with the Wild is, like, they've been, like, consistently average. They made the playoffs for quite a few quite a few years in a row, and they're pretty consistent about it. But the Wild is getting old. Like, some of, the, some of these old people are very, very good, like Eric Stahl. Like, they are very, very good. But they are getting older. There is, I, I counted on the current roster, at least according to Cat Friendly, there are four people out of their 23-man roster that are under the age of 25. There's two two that are 21, one that's 23, one that's 24, and everyone is 25 and older, which, like... That's not good. Yeah, and I think that... I think with how... I think... And I think the Central Division... I said this last year. I'm going to say it again this year. I might be proven wrong. Knock on wood. But, like, I... Like, the Central Division is heating up as a division. We have a lot of... We have a lot of good talent in this division. We have a lot of teams who are making big moves to try and improve themselves and who are either, like... And who have some of the best players in the league. If you look at, like... If you look at fucking Tarasenko, you look at, like, Sagan... The Sagan... Sagan and Ben. You look at, like, McKinnon. Like, we... Like look at the entirety of the jets the like the entire deal all the events on the predators we are a we're like we're an elite we have a lot of elite players and i think that the consistency that the that the wild shows is not going to be enough and maybe that's just a little bit of bitterness but no i completely agree I was looking on them a little bit too because they did get one of our our ufas they signed greg patteron and uh, I saw in one place where somebody said that was probably the best move they made and no offense to Greg Pattern because I love him, but if that is the best move that you make in the off season, that's mm, there, there could have been more done there. He's, I mean, he's shut down demon, um, but he won't, he won't score. Yeah. To be fair, they have good goal scores already. Again, like Eric Stahl is still a True. fucking beast. True. And, like, they have all the... And, like, Dubnik's still really good. Zach Faris is coming back from his injury. Like, they have a bunch of... They have a bunch of really good people. It's just... I I just don't know if it's enough. And not in the, not with the division the way it is. I just... Like, they could continue with... Because, again, one of their things is, their cons- is consistency. I just... I guess I just look at it like the Blues were considered a consistent team where we consistently were good enough to make playoffs and look what happened last year. I just I just yeah. don't know if it's going to be like enough with there's only seven teams in our division and it's becoming one of the toughest divisions like because it's literally just the Hawks at the bottom and everyone else is fist fighting for the last two wild card spots because it's because pro- like what the Preds are probably going to get it, the Jets are probably going to get it then someone else is going to get thrown up in that third spot spot and then the last two wildcard spots like might be a pacific division but it might but it probably is going to be like the 
bottom three, ignoring the Hawks again, like, which is what happened last year. That's just like, again, maybe that's a hopeful prediction, but it's just, there's just been so much going on in the Central Division. It's, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know if consistency is what the Wild needs right now. I don't know. Does anyone have any questions? I don't really know if there is a lot of questions to ask about them. Yeah, I just think that the Wild are what the Wild are, and they have been that way year in and year out, and there's just not much that's going to change about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, which again might be might work in their favor, might not. Yeah, I think they know what they are. I think with a lot of these other teams, they're making a lot of changes and they're hoping they're for the better. And sometimes they aren't. And the Wild are just sticking it out. Yeah, and they've got a couple of contracts, right? Like that that make movement hard, like Suter and Parise. Yeah, um, yeah, they have like. I mean, they have a they have a solid roster. They still have like one point seven million in cap space. But they they're have all twenty. Bad team. They're just yeah. They're not they, yeah. Again, I think if it, if they were in a different division, it'd be one thing. But they're in they're in the central division, which is like which at this point in time, again, is like up and coming. Like a lot of a lot of teams are either really good or like in like in the tail end of like trying to get a really good roster together. So again, if if I think moves for like if I think the Blues moves worked out, if um. The stars have finally hit their stride. The ass have finally hit their stride. Like I, I think that stride is going to take them past the wild. I think okay. So when it comes to the wild, I think their their stars are now depth players, and they don't have it with. They've been so good, like so consistently decent for so long that they don't have the pieces that they need to get new stars. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's definitely true. I would definitely agree with that. Because the pieces they would need to get new stars, like, are the ones that they need to keep. But, like, again, they don't have, like, any pieces to really bolster. It's it's just difficult. And, again, they don't have a lot of space because everyone has really long contracts. Yeah, there's I think a reason that, that we had the last lockout. Whatever. Yeah, I think that, like, I think they're starting, like, I think in some ways the Wild, like, I feel like the Wild front office is, like, you know, we've been doing decent enough. You know, let's wait for some of these players to age out for their contracts to run out before we really either try and do a rebuild or just try and get those little pieces to bolster and make us to take us to the next level. I don't know, like, which point is going to come first, whether they're going to need a rebuild first or just going to need, like, to make to have a a very active offseason or which is going to be. So I don't know. All right. Winnipeg. Miss Iris. Yes, Winnipeg. Uh, I usually just like just going throughout the season. I don't really check in on them very much just because they kind of exist, but they're stacked. So there's just like, they're going to be great. And there's not much surprise there. And I mean, was it, were it not for Vegas just being a complete anomaly? I really had the Jets taking it all on my um, bracket challenges this past season for playoffs. But yeah, now's the time for the Winnipeg Jets. They have so many good pieces and they're just such a strong team. And they have so many people who re-signed this season, um, obviously including their captain, Blake Wheeler, um, that there's just not really anything stopping them. And considering how strong Central Division is, and just the fact that they did so well last season, I don't see any reason based off of any moves they made that it wouldn't continue. Also, Connor Hellebuck, 
being a Vesna finalist and also being re-signed. Um, that also guarantees some help there. Um, I would say that they, oh yeah, they uh, don't have Paul Stasny, obviously, um, because he is with the Golden Knights. And so one place where they can fill in is on that like second line where he was before. Um, but they kind of like within their system, they have people who can fill in that spot. It's just a matter of who. It seems like it's probably going to be um, Jack Roslovich. I hope I said that right. Um, <laughs> I can't say anything right, but that's that's okay. Um, and also, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's so late. <laughs> I'm a zombie right now. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I just. Oh, also, um, Christian uh, Veselainen um, also is projected to be ready for this season because he just signed an entry level contract with the Jets. Um, and could probably help produce on like the third or fourth lines. So just good depth all around for the Jets. And goes without saying that I think they're going to make playoffs this year. Um, yeah, anything y'all want to ask or put in, chime in? No. I feel like the Central <laughs> is just full of teams that I constantly forget about. Yeah. Like, even there are less teams, and I'm constantly like, who the fuck is in this division? I do it too, and my team's in that division. <laughs> right, I always have to double check. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, when they come and play the abs and like kick their butt, then I'm like, oh, yeah, there you the, are. The, the Pacific <laughs> is easy because you can just run down the coast. Yeah, Winnipeg That's is out there in the middle of nowhere. I forget about them. And then I forget about Chicago because it's Chicago. I just I always forget about the wild and the wild and the jets and and the wild yeah. <laughs> well, I purposely forget about Chicago. Yeah, I so that's, about that's what I yeah. I think mine is more of a selective remembering. Yeah, but. I forget about the Jets, but just I forget they're in our division. Like I know them, and I'm like the Jets are really good, and then I'm like, oh wait, shit, right? They are in our division, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I should talk about the Predators. I guess. Finish this up. Um, the Predators are the epitome of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, they just have... They're, they're, they're built for now, and there's no reason to fuck it up, Stan Bowman. Um, they've got Phil Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, and Kevin Fiala for their first line, and that's just, like, a line of snipers. Like, there's... You, you can't fight them as, like... They're, they're just too good. Um, they've got depth in Kyle Turris and Victor Arvidsson. Uh, Callie J- Jancroc. Um, what? I was like, uh, I don't think it's Callie because I think I would have realized. Oh, Callie. Callie Jancroc. Yeah, I don't know how you say it, but I don't think it's Callie. Sorry, I just, Sorry. I was like, wait, what? You said my name? Their big prospect for this year is uh, Ely Tolvanen, um, who's a good forward with uh, hot, like uh, defensive, re- defensive really spo- responsibility. 
um, but decent scoring ability. Um, Craig Smith, Colton Sissons. Um, Craig Smith can get hot at any time, and then they've got one of the best fourth lines in the league in Colton Sissons, the other Freddie Goudreau and Ryan Hartman. Um, and then they've got the best top four defensemen in the league. I won't say top three because that's San Jose now. But they've got the best top four in Ryan Ellis, Matthias Ekholm, P.K. Subban, and Roman Yossi. Um, there's just there's no getting around that top four. You have to score on you have to score on the bottom two. Um, and then their goalies and Pecorini and Yusei Saros, which when you don't know if the Vesna winner is going to be your starting goalie because the your your new goalie might be better, that's a really good position to be in. Um, Juice is both- fucking crazy. Both goalies posted um, numbers below 2.5 goals averaged against and save percentages higher than 925 last year. Um, it's just their their time is now. The only thing that could poss- the only two things that could possibly get in their way are their own division because Minnesota is constantly consistent. Winnipeg's lethal. St. Louis made changes. Dallas is on the upswing and distractions. Is Austin uh, Watson's suspension going to be a distraction for the team? Is Mike Fisher leaving and then possibly coming back again, whatever the fuck Mike Fisher wants, going to be a distraction? If they can stay focused and, like, do what they do, I mean, the Predators are a machine. Like, there's no stopping them. That's what I'm saying. The Central Division is getting fucking crazy, man. It's been fun. What? It is. I love the Central Division and the Atlantic no, no, no. Division are direct off. It's so fun to watch. Yeah. 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 I think that's so, like, I, I, like that. I don't talk about it, like, in public as much, but I talk about it in the group chat all the time, like, how much I love the Central Division because we're, like, a very rough and tumble division where, like, we're not necessarily teams that always post super high, like, fighting numbers, like, according to NHL fights, but the amount of scrums and hits that are exchanged in this division, plus being a generally talented division that is just, like, it's just it's a train wreck in the best possible way. Mostly just yeah. because it's two the the train wreck is the two teams colliding into each other. Not that the teams are necessarily doing badly, but also, eh. All right, know. that's all I got. <sighs> oh it's my goodness, time, guys! I held that yawn in the entire <laughs> podcast. It turns out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I guess that we should sign off on that note. Now that we've done everything, if you have yes. thoughts about our central division preview or anything else that we talked about, I don't remember what it was. It was so long ago. In this podcast, tweet us at for puck's sake pod. Follow our Instagram if you want drunk madness when the season comes at for puck's yes. sake podcast on Instagram. Um, I will tweet out links to our Redbubble for merch along with the link to the 88 Summit. Article from Sports Illustrated or uh, from Sports Illustrated that was really interesting that we talked about earlier. Um, what else is there to talk of? Holy shit! What else? There was something else I just had on my mind. Oh, and we will be releasing our banner that Sarah has been working so hard on. It looks awesome. I'm really excited for and our oh, new I'm logo excited. and um, our new logo before the season begins. Thank you guys for listening to us. We appreciate it so much. Um, let us know what you think. Yeah, at for Puck's Sake Pod on Twitter. Yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. All right, bye.